Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 220 bloody well free of Dude and a Monkey. My name is Ian Loring, and as always, I am joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. Indeed, hello everybody. On this week's show, to be fair, I think the headline thing is probably the final two episodes of Twin Peaks. Um, it probably is, yeah, yeah. I, I, so. I'm actually tempted to say maybe let's just start with that. Um... What do you reckon? I'm, 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 I'm fine with that, yeah. Cool, okay. Uh, but we're also going um, to we're also gonna, uh, review Doug Lyman's new one, uh, American Made, or as the iTunes pre-order seems to be calling it, Barry Seal Only in America. Um, All right. Is that, the, is that the American title, or is it...? No, I, well, I no? maybe. No, it's... Oh, do you know what? No, they've, they've changed it. That's really weird. Hang on. Are they just like, doing that with Tom Cruise movies now? <laughs> yeah, no, like, seriously, right? So you go into the pre-order film section on iTunes, and it do, uh, it says, um, uh, made, uh, uh, American Made. But then, like, the little, like, swishy, like, on the main iTunes page, where it's got, like, a general kind of pre-order thing, I'll, I'll, I'll send you it now. Um, but, yeah, it does seem like they're just doing this with Tom Cruise now. You'll get it in a minute. I'll just get it now. Yeah. Barry Seal only in America. Like, what the fuck is that about? Um, so, that's, that's mad. Yeah, but then, like, you literally, you go in, and it says American Made. Uh, it's really, really weird. But anyway, um, so we'll be talking American Made. You'll also be treated to probably the shortest main review ever, as we talk about the Netflix <laughs> original Little Evil. Um, I'm kind of tempted to just stick that in the what we watch section, to be honest, but I don't know. It, 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 it might work that way, yeah. Yeah, we'll, well, I don't know, maybe it will headline the what we watch section or something. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably it, isn't it? Um, I feel like I'm missing something, but I don't think I am. Mm. I'm not, am I? Not that I can think of, no. No, okay, alright, weird. Um, okay, uh, so, uh, uh, Mark, uh, before we, we, we get into it, anything um, anything but happening this week that you uh, you wish to uh, have a chat about? Uh, not that I can think of. Is there something I'm missing? Hello? Yeah, no, 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 I just, I, I was wondering if you were thinking about the, the thing that you were missing. Um, no. Oh, well, I, I will say, um, just uh, quickly, uh, Patreon, um, Kez went up last week, planning on watching The Double Life of Veronique tonight. Um, it's only an hour and a half long, so that should be fine, in which case I'll be recording that tomorrow. I'm going to try and get this podcast out tonight anyway, so yeah, Patreon, you'll probably have that um, hitting then. Um, movie, uh, movie Memories Episode 2 went up last week. Yes, I think so, yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly. And um, I've ordered um, Mark and I DVD copies because it's just not available legally online of uh, Werner's um, uh, commentary track choice for the month for the Patreon, uh, the, the patrons, uh, which is the Jim Kelly starring Black Samurai, which looks amazing. It does look like a lot of fun, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll... I, I would imagine we will probably try and record that maybe the weekend after this this coming or something like that. Yeah, that sounds fine by me. Sweet. Okay. Um, 
And also, after talking about Solaris last week, we've um, uh, Noel was having a chat with us about it on WhatsApp, and we've decided that in the next playing it forward, as well as the free films we'd usually be covering, we're also going to talk about Solaris because I think we're all going to buy it on iTunes. Yes, we are. Yeah, we were all saying that because um, I mentioned last week that I was I was probably going to watch it, and then I completely forgot that I said I was going to watch it in all my excitement to watch something else that I said I'd watch, um, and yeah. It wasn't until Noel mentioned it then, I thought, oh, yeah, I wanted to watch that. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do a rewatch of that any day of the fucking week. So, yeah, Solaris, uh, that'll be in the next Playing It Forward. We haven't scheduled the next Playing It Forward yet, um, but I, I I think we're now actively talking about it. So Yeah, it, which usually means it's not that far off. Yeah, I'd say, like, maybe two or three weeks out. Um, yeah we'll we'll see like yeah we'll see i got like lff stuff starting in a couple of weeks so um it's gonna be busy but we'll we'll work something out it'll be fine um yeah it'll be fine um fuck man like seriously like the screener library for lff it's like apparently they're gonna have over 100 titles in it it's online so um i think i watched like three last year and i feel really bad about it so i'm going to watch more um yeah we'll 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 see i was going through the program today it's looking like a really strong lineup actually but um yeah we'll see i'm fucking i'm get i'm getting into london an hour after i think what is going to be the press screening for the del toro film which is getting some early really good good, reviews good good early reviews yeah which which, which is quite pleasant it's it's the gala um screening of it the day i'm there which usually means the press screening is that morning. The press screening will probably be about nine o'clock. I'm due in London about ten, so um, I'm gonna miss that. But I might, I might go to the press conference, even though I haven't seen the film. But then I'm kind of worried I might spoiler it for myself. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, it's probably not a good idea. But anyway, um, I'm. Go- I think I'm gonna do some like bonus recordings around LFF, and I'll put them on the main feed. I'm not gonna Patreon them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know I'm going to be meeting up with uh, Dan Orty, um, so I might try and persuade him to do some recording, yeah, um, or something. I'll buy him a couple of pints or something, and we'll see what we can do. So, so what is it you go to LFF? So I'm going up for two days of press screenings in two weeks time wednesday i want to say wednesday the 20th and thursday the 21st the press screenings start that week so i'm gonna like collect my badge and stuff and um the online library also opens that week that that week as well um but yeah i'm gonna i'm going up to do press screenings on the wednesday and thursday and then i'm back up there tuesday the 10th um but that is literally i get the train up in the morning i get the train back in the evening but I should, I, I imagine I'll probably be able to get through three films that day. Um, so I think I'm probably looking at two on the um, the Wednesday that I'm up there and maybe three on the Thursday. Um, so I think I'll probably be in attendance for maybe eight films. But That's then, not bad going, is it? Yeah, yeah, quite. I mean, the, the the day I'm there when the festival's actually on in October, because they do the, the press screenings, they start press screenings beforehand, that day, the new one from the guy who's, do, like, I say the new one, the guy who's done the Suspiria remake, 
his film he made before that, which is getting a lot of attention, is having a public screening that day. So I'm going to try and get into that. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Call me by your name. Uh, it, it, it's called. Oh it's, um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, army hammer French set gay yes. drama, which is getting some really good buzz. So we'll, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, I'll, anyway, I'll, there's going to be, I'm go- probably going to do quite a lot of LFF talking at, at the time. So, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll uh, cool, cool. Let people know what to look out for. Anyway, um, so but yeah, Patreon.com forward slash Dude and a Monkey. Three dollars a month gets everything. Um, there's no tiers or anything like that. We're not we're not doing that. Um, no. And uh, yeah, if you if you fancy some extra content, you want to support the show in that way, please do. Also, iTunes reviews um, because we haven't had one for two or three years. Yes, it would be nice, yeah. Uh, I'll have some more Patreon stuff um, going out from uh, this week. We've had a hectic couple of weeks at work, which I apologise for, um, but I've actually got some time off next week. He, so, really, uh, he really has had a hectic couple of weeks at work. It's no fooling. The man fucking works. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on after this from tomorrow, I'm on 3 12 hours back to back again now. Jesus fucking wept. I know, I'm a fucking nut job. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, okay, let's let's talk some trailers then, Bud. What what have you got on the docket? Um, well, I saw the extended trailer for um, the Snowman um, before American May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it, it, it looks it looks very much up kind of my street in the kind of it, it looks like a late nineties, early noughties kind of thriller mystery. The fast which... bender with the Ferguson tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Which he does, and you know, Fastbender is always good value in whatever he does. Uh, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and Rebecca Ferguson is every everything I see her in. She's always really good in it. Not necessarily the films are always good uh, because she was in that Girl on a Train film, um, but she's always very good watching. Charlotte Gainsbourg and Chloe Sevigny and Val Kilmer and J.K. Yeah. Simmons. It's interesting well, cast. That the thing is, I, I might have missed it. But I don't remember seeing Val Kilmer in any of the trailers. Neither do I. Which I leads don't. me to believe that he's probably the killer. Oh, that'd be amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really good cast. Um, it, I, I'm look, really looking forward to that because I'm look, going into it going, right, I know this is probably going to be a solid 7.5 out of 10 movie. And I'm very happy for that. Yeah, that, that, that'll do for me. Like, classy... I don't know, a classy Scandi thriller with Michael Fassbender? Yeah, why the fuck not? You know, I mean, it's, I suppose, I don't know, maybe it's just more of a commercial play, but the fact that it's getting, like, no film festival kind of airings whatsoever maybe just says that they're not expecting it to be awardsy, but, um, which I suppose is kind of a surprise considering it's Thomas Alfredson as well. Um, But, yeah, no, all over it. I think it... What is it November it comes out, I think? Yeah, it, it comes out in November. It, it, it's kind of like the last movie before sort of like the Christmas movies start kicking in. Okay, yeah, even though it's called The Snowman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, no, I mean... Um, fuck, man. I, I'm looking forward to the Fincher girl with the dragon tattoo being reevaluated. That fucking film... I love that film. I mean, I, I watched it uh, about a month or so ago, uh, and it, 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 it really is... The good thing about it is it plays... As a film on its own, it, yeah, it totally it, does. It doesn't play like it's part, of, like it's the starting of a, of a trilogy. 
but it's 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 such a strong film. I, I think I really do think that that had that have been the um, had that have been the first that hadn't been the Scandinavian one. Uh, I think that it'd be held up in a lot higher regard. I think part of it is because because it's a remake and it's an Americanized version of a Scandinavian film. Mm-hmm. It, it got people a little bit sniffy. Yeah, quite. I, I 100% agree with that. But um, I would what that fucker needs a 4K at some point, whether it's it does. Apple I, or physical or whatever. I think what's fantastic to watch as well. Um, the uh, SFX reel for that is magnificent. Oh yeah, like like Gongo as well. That like like the Gongo one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of um, I, I could watch those things all day. Those yes. SFX, SFX reel things. It's, it's it's so amazing what. What a director like Fincher does, where essentially he, you know, social network fucking breath aside, uh, what he does with taking CG and just not having it as a foreground thing, having it so much in the background is is so clever. I'm looking for yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to his um, that Netflix series um, he's done, which I think starts next month as well. Uh, Mind Hunters. Oh yes. Like about like the. The real life guys who t- coined the term serial killers, um, and they just go around like state to state in the U.S. teaching their FBI criminal profil- uh, profiling way while solving crimes. It sounds fucking wicked if, if like Finch is behind it as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, he's he's one of those guys. I think like. Um... Like Tarantino, like um, Michael Mann, like Walter Hill, Fincher, I could listen to him talk about film for hours because he just he has a he has a clear kind of affection for it. But as well, there's no he has his same with Scorsese as well. But Scorsese to to a different extent in, in the fact that Scorsese likes everything pretty much about cinema. Whereas they those guys I just mentioned there, they have very much a clear look at it, but they'll. They they'll talk about it in a way that that they view it. They won't try and say stuff. I think in a way where they'll go, well, I better not say this. It's straight down the fucking line with them. Like I say, they're they're fascinating guys to listen to. He's great. He's great value in that um, Keanu Reeves fronted documentary. Oh, side by side. I love that that documentary. Yeah. I've been reading it, rewatched that for a while. Actually, yeah, that thing's fucking fantastic. He's oh, he's funny in that. Um, yeah. He loves a swear word as well, doesn't he? God, could you imagine if him and Nolan had a debate about film versus digital? Fuck, but, I, but, I, I would pay so much money to see I, that. I would as well because I, I have a feeling if you if you if you did that and had it moderated by Michael Mann, um, because of Nolan's general affection for Michael Mann, but Michael Mann has gone digital. Mm. I think that that would be a really good kind of like debate there because I think they both they both concede that they're two sides of the same coin and I, that, yeah. that, 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 they, that they both have their merits, just that Fincher doesn't like film and, and no one doesn't like digital. <laughs> I think it would be a score draw. Yeah, it probably, it probably would. I, I remember the scene interview with, um, with uh, Nolan a while, a while ago about, I think when he brought up The Dark Knight Rises actually, and they asked him about uh, why it wasn't in 3D. And he said, because it doesn't 
need to be in 3D. I don't like 3D. Because all... I can insist upon it because I'm fucking yeah. Nolan. And that's what he basically said. He said, he said, you know, I don't think it needs to be in 3D. Uh, I like 3D. I don't think 3D is the future of cinema. I don't agree with uh, James Cameron. Um, he said, and they said, well, what happens if it is the future of cinema? He said, well, if it is the future of cinema, I'm wrong. Then I'll have to start making movies in 3D. So there you go. Said, yeah. I, I just don't think that's the case. <laughs> and he thought, do you know what? That, that's fine. He, he, he's not saying I'll never make a movie in 3D. He's just saying, I don't think I ever will because I don't think it'll ever happen. And, 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 and look at it. The 3D has pretty much gone. Now yeah, history's it. fucking proven him right. It really has. Yeah. I mean, like, looking at my local cinema world, there is nothing in 3D there this week. No, the, 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 it's... It just it doesn't interact with people. I mean, like it, it's they've um, tangency, but never mind. They've they've swapped out 3D for like uh, what they call uh, PLF, premium large format screens. Yeah. Um, and um, to an extent, also the fucking chair raping thing. <laughs> like seriously, my, my local Cineworld is doing it in 4DX oh, and it's like no, no, just no why would you why would you do that to yourself yeah, yeah I, I I kind of want to though oh my no. god I no, no if I just well near me I would go and watch that and then I would go and watch it again if I kind of enjoyed it in that just to see what the experience was like just because if, if I got halfway through it was like I don't like this I don't like this I could leave <laughs> Oh my god! There's there's no way. There is no way you would catch me doing that. I mean, the the, the super screen thing that they do with the the Dolby Atmos. I have to pay a two pound twenty five like levy over my unlimited card for that. But like psychologically, it's like I'm only paying two pound twenty five. So fuck it. Even though I'm not, uh, and I'll do that. I'll do that all day long. I'm not paying the £6 it costs me over the unlimited card for the 4DX experience. I just, I don't know, I don't know why you would pay over the odds to do, have that happen in a horror film. Yeah, I don't understand it. Fuck, man, Um, what what are they going to do? Have fucking balloons come up in the fucking screen as well, you know? Anyway. Did you see that? Did you see that um, Stephen King's house in Maine was a balloon, was a red balloon in one of the windows. Oh, that's fucking amazing! And the 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 the, 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 the PR people in Australia, have you seen this? Uh-huh. Like, I think it's in Sydney. Have just put a, like red balloons randomly tied to like sewer drains. There's <laughs> uh, there's some smart fuckers lurking out there in in, in what is it? It, it? it's just literally it's. It's so simple, but it just makes so much sense. Yeah, no, it's great. It's um, fair play. They, the marketing for it has been spot on, and they're going to make all the money this weekend. So, oh yeah, you know, oh good, yeah, good on them, good on them. Um, trailers, going back to that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> the snowman looks good. Yeah, Insidious, uh, the last key. Indeed. Um, I'll watch it. It looks very much like it's Lynn Shear's movie. That's great, <laughs> and, I, and I, I, I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, I, I'm very much behind that. I hope it's like no longer than like 108 minutes. No, I mean let's just have it be an hour and a half in an hour. I, I'd be happy with an hour and a half. 108 minutes is my limit to that movie. Thank if it's beyond so. that, then I'm just gonna fucking go. I'm, I'm gonna leave at 108 minutes and just <laughs> pretend that it ended there. Um, 
Uh, what else have I watched? Um, did you see the trailer for that? Uh, yeah, no, I did. Yeah, no, it, um, it, it looks pretty generic, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it just it looks like a horror film. You know, I mean, like Insidious. <laughs> I really want to go back and watch Insidious Chapter Two because I remember that being quite like high camp. Yeah. slightly silly but still quite scary stuff in series chapter 3 I don't remember at all um, um, yeah it might be worth going back and rewatching January yeah, I rewatched yeah. them the other week and, I, and I, I, I had a good enough time with them yeah no fair enough yeah but I mean I don't know I, I, fuck man There's the thing is January in the UK it's, it's award season films all over the place so this would probably be a nice fucking alternative at that point, I think. Yeah, it'll break everything up like that. Yeah. Um, what else did I catch? Um, oh, The Man Who Invented Christmas. Okay. Uh, it is Dan Stevens playing Charles Dickens um, when he's writing uh, A Christmas Carol. Uh, but it, it, it kind of seems like it's a little bit of a comedy like he's got writer's block, and it's this story is coming to him because Charles Dickens essentially he he was kind of writing it as he was <laughs> as he was sort of like it was going to print <laughs> with the Christmas Carol, hmm. um, and so he didn't write it all in one block apparently. And apparently he used to do this quite a lot. He didn't write all in one block and then hand it in as a book. He was writing it and they were printing it as he was writing it and he was bringing in like pages, so it was a constantly moving story. What? Yeah, he never he used to he never used to sort of write a book and then submit it as in an entire book. He'd be writing it as he was as they were actually sort of reading it and starting to take it to print, and he was still fucking writing it. Bloody hell! Okay. Yeah, I remember reading the thing about it a few years ago uh, that he was he was famously late with pretty much everything. Uh, looks fantastic out in November. Uh, trail looks really good. Okay, all right. I've never heard of that, but okay. I hadn't until I watched that trailer, and then I was I finished. And I was like, "Yeah, I watched that in November." Okay, all right. Fair play. Maybe at Christmas, I'll happily watch that. Um, what else we got? Um, Brawling Cell Block Ninety Nine. Oh fuck! I missed this trailer. Yeah, I um, oh yeah, Vince I really Vaughan. want to see this. Vince Vaughn beats the shit out of a car in the trailer. Nice. Oh. Like, 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 properly. Like, like, fucking, like, Street Fighter 2. Sweet. Uh, it's, it, it, it's, I was watching it going, this looks, this looks, I work out if this looks crap, but I really want to watch it. Or if this looks brilliant and I really want to watch it. And then it came up with the writer and director of Bone Tomahawk. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. All of this is intentional then because it's written by somebody who's quite smart. Yeah. I'm very much up for that. Looks good. Looks solid. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, Vince Vaughn doing some some Vince Vaughn thing. Yeah. It's. I'm, I'm very much up for that. And uh, downsizing, which I remember the title's called Downsizing. It's got Matt Damon in it. Beyond that, I can't fucking remember what it's about. <laughs> So the trailer clearly had an effect on me. Oh, he, um, it, 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 I don't know, it's set in a world where people can shrink themselves or something. Um, it, I don't know, it's getting a lot of good words playing LFF. Oh, so. it's the Alexander Payne one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's fucking bad that I can't remember that. I think, I, I think something's gone wrong with me this week. Um, 
Oh, I also watched the, is it um, Black Flag? Uh, no, The Last Flag, The Last Flag Flying. Oh, uh, the Link Later. Link movie. It's a new Link Later movie. I'll watch it. Yeah. That's it. So. Well, it's it's um, based on a book that was written as a sequel to The Last Detail. Oh. Um, so, the, yeah. Um, I'll ask me, um, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I really like the last detail. Yeah, so do I. So it's um, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in that again. The cinema once. You saw the last detail in the cinema. I saw the last detail in the cinema at the city screen about six years ago. Um, I was I was at work when I went to the restaurant, and I was walking home, and um, I, I got let out early, um, and Bex wasn't finishing until she was at work there as well. She didn't finish about half eleven and I got let out at like eight o'clock because it was quite quiet. And what's in the cinema going to see a friend uh, who worked there and he wasn't at work. And I looked at the there was a poster for the last detail and I looked at it and went, huh, when's that showing? To one of the guys that worked there that I knew and he went, oh, it starts, well, trailers have started, the film starts probably about two minutes. I'm like, that's only like 90 odd minutes long. Oh, I could yeah. watch that and then go and meet Bex from work. <laughs> so I just went in. So I went from not even knowing it was playing to not intending to see it, to just walk in and go and see a friend and then end up just sitting down and watch the last detail. Solid. That's really yeah. good. Did you compare? Wow. Did you compare? Because I, I went to the quiz at the time and I just went, oh yeah, just go up. Yeah, nice. So like, cool. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, beyond that, I think that's that's it, yeah. Cool. Um... I, I had a couple. Um, fucking hell. I'll I tell you what, if you had a drink every time I say LFF today, you'd be hammered. A couple of films <laughs> playing um, LFF that trailers just came out for. Um, Takashi Miike's 100th film. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's a machine. Uh, Blade of the Immortal, uh, which Arrow were putting out over here. Um, looks really good. Um, looks fun. Um, and and um, Memoir of a Murderer. <laughs> South Korean serial killer thing where two guys think each other's the the serial killer, but one of them is the dad of a girl that the other one's dating or something. Um, it's like, yeah, all right then, why not? Mm. That, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, uh, there you go. Um, actually, that was it. But yeah, uh, good trailers. <laughs> so nice. uh, right. Twin Peaks The Return, the final two episodes, written by Mark Frost and David Lynch, directed by David Lynch. Um, I think the reaction online has been broadly positive, even though I have seen a, a couple of people not super, super happy about it. Um, I have got no idea what Mark thinks whatsoever. I, I have an ink. Well, I, I don't know what he thinks, but I have an inkling of what he thinks. I, I have a suspicion of what he thinks. Yeah. Go on. What's your suspicion? I think you liked it. But this is the thing, right? So I'm, I approach Twin Peaks from a very different perspective to, to Mark and many other people. In Can I just pause a second? This could be quite interesting what you're about to say. Yeah. Okay. I have not had to wait 25 years or an extended period of time for this series. I finished season two about three days before uh, before the return started. So, with that, the, en- the ending of this 
considering how season full spoilers all the time. Considering how season two ended, the fact that they said everything was going to be wrapped up, and then you get this ending, I can see why some people would be genuinely upset by the ending. And I wonder if conceptually you liked the ending, but emotionally not so much. Very interesting. Okay. Um, right, I'll get straight at my views then on, on, on this because it, it kind of answers the question that, 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 that you put in there. Um, in my mind, as it stands, I'm going to do a full rewatch of it because I think it could play differently on a full rewatch. Um, in my mind, Twin Peaks ends at the end of part 17. Okay. And then part 18 is almost the pilot for a new fucking show. Um, And so I'm, that's how I've kind of made peace with it. Okay. It's very interesting because after it finished, I turned around to Bex after about, by the way, part 17, I spent pretty much the entirety of it just watching it with my hands on my face on my face with my mouth just wide open just going this is spectacular mm-hmm. this is this is everything that i wanted it to be mm-hmm. this is everything coming together this is an absolute this is magnificent i now i i, I, I just want to say i got 20 minutes into part 17 and thought shit have i started watching part 18 yes instead? that's that's really weird that i paused it about halfway through and thought shit have i started watching part 18 instead yeah i, I did exactly the same thing i paused it um on the um the second break sure um yeah so i, I had that um and then part 18 finished and Let's what do you think? So, well, what do you think? So, I need 10, 15 minutes to just kind of get my head around it. Uh, and then sort of said, right, I kind of get it. I can kind of almost make peace with it. However, to go from being where I was at the end, at the end of episode 17, where I was, right, you could finish it now and I'd be very fucking happy. But... It's been it's been on such a fucking a high trajectory now that I just cannot wait for episode eighteen. Now what the fuck's gonna happen here? Are we getting a changing of history? And then it felt like such a fucking come down. And what I said to Bex was, which is really strange from what you you just said, was I can see how for somebody who has come to Twin Peaks and watched watched seasons one and seasons two in preparation for the finale. For season three and the finale and the return and everything like that, could really get on board with that ending, and could really see that ending as as, as being really interesting. However, from my point of view, it's it, I my my main issues with it are that I feel it's 
it's not it, it's it's open fucking more doors than it's closed. Yeah. The whole series has opened too many doors that it never even bothered to get you to fucking look through. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it feel a little bit messy. It, which, like I say, need to go back and rewatch it because these things often have a way of doing that. And also, as well, you've got to remember this is Lynch, so he is he does this. It's what he does. He does leave open endings quite quite regularly. But the other thing I think is it it almost seems a little bit like maybe to me that Lynch as this this has been the star of season three of, of Twin Peaks as being David Lynch. Be it his writing, his ideas, his imagination, his direction, his performances. Gordon Cole has been a much bigger part of this than you ever thought he was going to be. So there's been a lot of that. He's been in it a, a lot. And he's been a big part of it a lot. Um, it almost feels a little bit like, actually, do you know what? Do you know what the star of Twin Peaks was? It, it was Dale Cooper. And I feel a little bit like the end of 17, we, Dale Cooper got got an ending. Now he doesn't. He's almost, I think, being done a bit of a disservice in the fact that he's, I get it, he's he's entering this, he's almost, almost like Dale Cooper's actually ceased to exist now. He's split off into all of these varying degrees of Dale Cooper in all of these various different worlds that the that the Red Room leads to. And this is now Richard, and there's Dougie Jones is in the, the world that Twin Peaks was in. And there could be then there could be any number of fascinations could be created to put into all of these different universes. But it does seem like no matter what, he's always trying to save the same person. But it's almost a consistent loop that he's never going to be able to save her. Yeah. And it, 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 I don't, I don't know at the moment how I stand, how that sits with me. I find it upsetting. Um, I find it quite upsetting, and, and and I don't, I I do think that. It, do you know what? If they announced a season four, even if it was a four part or a six part or an eight part or whatever. In a month's time, it'd sit a lot better than with me. But mm-hmm. I feel a little bit like, hang on a minute, I, I feel a little bit almost not not cheated isn't the right word. I feel a little bit like you, you almost had it. And then I, there's all these people telling me how amazing it is. And I do feel like saying, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I'm really glad that, that you liked that and it worked for you. And that's fantastic. But I almost feel like asking them and saying, but when did you first watch the first series? Because I've sat with that for near 20 fucking years. I, I know if I was in your position, I would be fucking devastated. I was, I was... Ending. I was, because I, I mean, 17, like I say, I, I thought that was spectacular. It, it, it is one of the best things I've, I've ever seen. And then just to have, and then you're going from that thinking, 
what the fuck is 18? What is the, what's that going to be? And then it, it, it just felt a little bit like, ah, no, that didn't feel like Twin Peaks. That felt like a different show or a different David Lynch movie. I mean, it really did. Um, it, it's the thing is, I want them to stop there. But the and I I said that on Facebook the other day, mm-hmm. and I know um, Hannah, uh, Mike's wife, said like I, I I you know no I want more, and it's like the reason why I want them to stop there is because I know if they do another run, they're just going to end it in another way where Cooper is eternally battling the forces of darkness and kind of succeeding and kind of failing. And it's just going to be loop upon loop, like you say. And But saying that, my abiding memory of the end of Twin Peaks now is Cooper visibly and audibly upset and shaken and Laura Palmer screaming. Yeah. Which... Which bit... Which, which, which really, really sad. It is. It, it's, it's, it, it's harrowing. It's a... Uh... Like it, that, that it, last it sounds line, like it sounds but... it sounds like like, like completely just fucking overreacting. It's a goddamn TV show, but it, it it does it does feel like a complete fucking gut punch in it. In that, what was always wonderful is that you couldn't, and what the whole thing was was this was it was Cooper would always the good one out. And he will always come back because he is he is stronger than all of the evil. His inherent goodness is stronger than all the evil. And then what this this ending says is, no, he's not. Mm. No, he's not. No matter what happens, there'll always be something else evil for him to battle, which is fine. But it didn't need it. I get the idea is. When season two was happening of Twin Peaks, um, they they got him to close. They got Frost and Lynch to close off the the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer yeah. earlier than they wanted to, and then they had to start retrograding, retro writing it to kind of work around it to kind of to to, to reopen it once uh, Lynch came back and essentially basically said. What the fuck have you done to my show? And started getting back more interested in it after he'd made a wild at heart. Um, but so it, it seems like what he's then done is it, it's become again about the the the, the death of, of of Laura Palmer, but it's opening up into a new that 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 Laura Palmer's essence, I suppose. Um, no matter whether it inhabits Laura Palmer or Carrie Page or whatever, it is destined in some way to be sought out by this evil that's been unleashed. Mm. This oh, Judy or Jowdy, you know. And it just... It's... We, 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 the thing is, we kind of should have expected it, really, because the ending of uh, season one is, is Cooper getting shot and, and all of the other bits that happen now, but the main bit is Cooper getting shot. The, the ending of, of season two... Is Cooper being overtaken by the launch? It, it's just this... it, it's the fact that they said it was all going to be closed off. Yeah, and it's not. And it, it, it just I feel it's a bit cheated. Yeah, I mean, like just however wanky, however much wankery you want to you want to put about it, it hasn't been closed off. Uh, it, it, it's 
you know, I mean, in a way, it's closed off in a sense of Cooper's just going to be basically doing this ad infinitum, mm. um, you know. But and I mean, I'd also, I, I don't because there were there were other things that kind of jarred with me a little bit as well, like the fact that Cooper and Diane, were, it was just like straight up a romantic relationship, and yeah. that really weirded me out. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like that. There was, there was never that, there was never that thing. You know, you never got that in in seasons one and seasons two. She was just his assistant. There was even fucking things that said that that you know, does she actually exist, or is it just him talking to himself? And that's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. You get you get the stuff at the, at, towards the end of season two with him and Annie, where yeah. it genuinely they only really have a few scenes together, but the connection between them is incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you believe that when Cooper, like, like um, uh, the Lin, Lindo, or whatever her name was, turned into um, uh, Diane. Uh, oh, N- Nido. Uh, was that N A I D O? D O. I think she was credited yeah. as. Like when she turns back into into Diane, it's like, and then and then they kiss. I I don't know. It was just. It was a. There was a disconnect there. It, but I was kind of forgiving it because the rest of that part was so fucking strong. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's just, if, like I say, if I was in your position, I'd be fucking crushed. I'm, I'm really fascinated to know what Mike thinks of it. Um, yeah, I, I would be. Cause I think the good thing is, I think you can have so many people have different, have different views on it and nobody's wrong. It, it, it's the, is the thing is, if somebody really got on with that ending, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, no, you're wrong to that. It would be, right, I, I'm cool, I'm glad that, that that's what you got out of it. But I, I, I didn't. It just, it hasn't sat well with me. It, but I am leaving myself a little bit of wiggle room in saying that watching it all together, because it, it's been, it's always been a show that in my memory that I've watched back to back and having to watch it in weekly increments is, is very different um so it'll, it'll be quite weird to see what happens but then they, they, they just they left so much open I, I feel like the story we were told could have been told in eight episodes well, without opening so many doors that, that didn't need to get open no i mean the amount of the amount of things that you i mean which was really really good in the moment mm. but the amount of stuff you didn't need. I mean, Doctor Amp, you you did not need. Um, you didn't need that. You didn't need the fucking box at the start of it. Nope, didn't didn't need the box. Um, did you need Audrey Horner at all? No. Nope, didn't need. Did you Audrey. need any of the fucking horns? No, not really. I mean, I mean, it's good to see them, but yeah, it it it, 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 it is, but it's. it's I, I'm, again, I'm, I'm wondering how much of the the bits that we saw. For instance, the box thing and things like that. Like I say, I need to go back and rewatch it all together. It might start to piece in together. But there's bits in it where I'm looking at it, and go, where I'm thinking back to it and thinking, right, was that a Twin Peaks idea you had, or was it a short film idea that you decided to throw in a Twin Peaks because somebody gave you the fucking money to do it? That yeah, no, quite. I mean, the, the Audrey Horn thing. It feels like some sort of weird, like one act play. Yeah, just 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 fucking do 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 a fucking an anthology of Twin Peaks fucking stories. 
And again, like the whole kind of like the abiding memory, it's like my abiding memory of Audrey Horn is now going to be screaming in a white room. Yeah. And just never knowing where that is, which is probably Lynch's intent, just like to, to be a bit harrowing. Twin Peaks was, was nasty, but always had a brightness in it. And it's because it, it all filters back to something that's said, I think, in episode three by uh, Harry Truman, where he says to Cooper, when they're sat down having pie, uh, before he brings up the Bookhouse Boys thing, and he says, Twin Peaks, I don't know if you've noticed, is a little bit different mm. to everywhere else. We pay for all of the goodness that's here. But there's a because there's an evil out there in the woods, right? And that was it. You had the evil lurking outside, which is a big thing in in Lynch's work. And then you have the the fucking twisted Americana of the inside, and that's fine. I, but I just don't feel like we got enough of the goodness in Twin Peaks. The fucking best. The 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 the. the the brightest and fucking best in terms of outright goodness was the fucking Mitchums in this and they're gangsters. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just... Don't get me wrong. Overall, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a fucking masterpiece. But it has left me feeling a little bit like I'm not sure whether or not I preferred it before it was there. If that yeah. makes any sense. No, yeah, no, I, yeah, no, I see what you mean. I, it, it's just like the whole, the whole run. I think has been fantastic, but mm. I'm, I really, I'm rather upset about the fact that the, the bit, the, the least effective bit for me was the end. Yeah, it's. <sighs> I like the way okay. you put it. That that second part is almost like the pilot of another TV show. Mm. Like it, because it is. It feels different. You know, you've got that really long sex scene. Yeah, um, which was just which, which isn't it isn't peaks. No, but maybe that's the point. You know, and I, maybe that is maybe that 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 is the point. Yeah, I, absolutely, it, it, it could be that. I but, mean, the, the scene in the cafe in in the cafe where he just in the diner where he just like he's, he's not really pretty much. He's really brutal in that fucking fight. Yeah, he. he, he He's not. He's not Cooper anymore. And if no, you notice, yeah. he's whenever he shows the the badge, uh, his FBI badge. It's not in a case like it always used to be. Mm. It's just a badge. Yeah, yeah. More like a, a. So is he even an FBI agent anymore? He just tells people he is because he thinks he is because he thinks he's Cooper. Mm. But it, it, he, he's not. He, he's a part of Cooper. He's not actually Cooper. There's no. Cooper wouldn't do that. He, he's he's closer to Coop than he is Cooper, mm. and that it's that was what was weird about it. I I got up at five a.m. to watch this on Monday morning, and it discombobulated me for the entire day. Like I felt a bit off for the entire day because of the mood it put me in. And not in like a fucking oh, what was that kind of a mood? Just a that there's something not quite right there, and it's almost like it's just affected my worldview. Yeah, I, 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 I'll be honest. I watched it last night, and it finished at about four twelve, um, and I didn't sleep 
pretty much last night. No, I I would not be able to I, sleep if I if I had to go to bed on that ending. Yeah, and it wasn't because I was constantly running it through my brain or anything like that. It was just because I I was just a little bit. I don't know. It, it, it's. I feel. I feel like 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 I, I wanted if it had ended part seventeen, I'd have been fine. I'd have been, even if it would have been at the end of that part seventeen happens where he's trying to lead Laura away from it and then she just disappears again. Because mm. in my mind it would be she disappears and the the body reappears and we just it just goes back through and he just he he tried to do too much. Yeah, yeah, it, and, and he couldn't, and that's where you know. But it didn't. It, it then went into just something that just didn't didn't sit right. That felt it felt closer to something else. It felt closer to like a mid ground between Inland Empire and Mulholland Drive than it yeah. did Twin Peaks. But kind of more Inland Empire than Mulholland yeah. Drive, I would suggest. You know, it's. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you've you've said at points during this run that it doesn't feel like your peaks, and mm. the fact that the very last part doesn't feel like your peaks is obviously intentional by Lynch. But at the same time, I at the same time I wonder if people if he if he realizes the emotional investment that people have in in this series, maybe more in a way more than his because uh, you know. A lot of people, like Twin Peaks has been a very big focal point in their lives. Has been for David Lynch as well, but he's also had an awful lot of other creative endeavours. You know, mm. in terms of, like, fanboying, if you want to use that term, uh, like, fanboying on one thing is probably going to be a bigger portion of somebody's life than David Lynch over the course of his career, doing all the myriad things that he does, focusing on Twin Peaks. And yeah. I wonder if, if Lynch maybe doesn't quite like doesn't quite connect the dots there that it is his baby but i don't know it's it's, it's a lot of other people's stepchild yeah and also the thing is it's it's i think it was incredible to get to get um get an eight team because it was always said at the end of the credits it always said um this motion picture yeah. um, is a work of fiction. Motion picture, it said. Lynch sees it as an 18-hour film. He does, yes. Um, the thing is, that's 18 hours. It's 18 episodes for all intents and purposes. Um, Lynch only directed six of the original 30. So it's three times what he directed. Um, and it was all written by Frost and Lynch. Now, the best of, of, of Twin Peaks was always written by Frost and Lynch, and it was either directed by Frost or Lynch um, there. But the shaping of the world had different people's fingerprints on it, whereas this seemed to just have Frost and Lynch's fingerprints and a lot more of Lynch's fingerprints than, um, than, than Frost's, which might not be true. It might just be... What is it? But it's, that's that's the way it does it does view, and I, maybe that's why it tonally it, at points it feels different um, to. And plus, it's twenty five years later. People's you, you know Lynch has been 
and Frost have been thinking about this for 25 years. Now, whether or not they always had a plan, which, which I still think that there was a plan to bring it back 25 years in the future. And I do think all of this was part of a grand scheme. You still could have had ideas over those 25 years that have kind of influenced what, what came into it. And it, it does seem like there's an awful lot being thrown at the screen. And a lot of it has stuck. But then Lynch has kind of just ignored it and gone, oh, no, don't worry about all that. Don't worry about all that. Look at this. All right, I'm looking at this. But just just for a second, what what? Do, no, I don't. I don't need to look at that. But then, why is it there? Was it was it just to look pretty for 15 minutes? Because if it is, make a fucking short film and put it out on fucking DVD like you have done two or three times. Don't don't put it into something that it doesn't need to be there. It, it feels a little bit there was. At points, there was too much fucking self-indulgence within this. And maybe a little bit, you kind of almost feels like you're kind of not allowed to say it. (laughs) No, no, yeah, you're totally not allowed to say it. You know, it's... um... Because if you criticise it, it's because you just don't get Lynch. Well, fuck off. Because I actually do get Lynch. Because the the way I get Lynch is, you're kind of not fucking supposed to. So you can write as many fucking think pieces about it as you want, but but in Lynch's own words, a lot of the time, even he fucking doesn't know. I mean, you you can get Lynch, but still not be happy with the choice that he makes. Exactly, and I, I, I get it. I just... I don't think, like you, like you just said, he quite gets Twin Peaks or sees Twin Peaks like so many other people see Twin Peaks. And I think maybe he tried to create more of David Lynch's Twin Peaks than Twin Peaks' Twin Peaks. I don't know. I mean, it's like in the space of a couple of hours of screen time, you've gone from I am the FBI to what year is this? Yeah. You you know, it's just... It's it's not Cooper. It's not fucking Cooper. Dale Cooper essentially ceases to exist when he goes back into that lodge. Mm. You see... Saying it like that makes me feel weirdly more comfortable with it because that, then that, it, it. It, like, it's like Dale Cooper saved the day. He did. In that reality almost. But then they and told that, him, he had, but they did say to him he had to go back. Mm. And he went back. And, and, and his. Yeah. his, his Sorry, go on. No, you go, go. His, um, his almost. His sacrifice was. Almost like he knew that there was some kind of sacrifice he made. Like he he knew that ha- that going back meant that he couldn't come back out. But if he didn't, then the evil would continue to live in Twin Peaks, and that evil was embodied in and using essentially a version of him to to do whatever. And it was omnipotent and it was immortal because it it was backed up by this evil. So he had to get out to get rid of it, but then he had to go back in. And almost like he made a deal with the devil. Mm. We'll let you out to save to save the town that you love, but you've got to come back and you're going to go into your own personal hell, which is going to be constantly trying to solve the same murder in every possible reality we can give you. Whew. Which, which, if I look at it like that, 
I can almost come to terms with because he's still the fucking hero. But I always call back to it. The thing is, Twin Peaks, the hero of Twin Peaks, is Dale Cooper. It is not Mark Frost or David Lynch. They are the driving force behind it. They're the creative force behind it. They're the geniuses behind it. And I adore them both for it. But the fucking hero of the show is Dale fucking Cooper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ran over. Because I fucking loved it. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, part 17 was, was fantastic. I mean... I think I think part sixteen will be my favourite in my memory, just because I am the FBI was such an overwhelming emotional reaction. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I I mean, God, if it, like, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Definitely you know, not shit. It, um, it's still the best thing I've ever seen on TV. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Cooper stands as my fa- as the, my favorite character on TV of all time. I am the FBI. Merely cemented that, and uh, yeah, that's it. Twin Peaks: The Return is done. Yeah, um, I did a poll. I decided to include Twin Peaks: The Finale in our Indeed, poll. Saw that. Yeah. Um, so I, I did it rather than doing it that much shit, touching God, shit. I did it masterful, satisfying, underwhelming, and just fuck you. Um, so masterful. 67%. Satisfying, 7%. Underwhelming, 0%. And just fuck you, 26%. Interesting. That is quite interesting, actually, yeah. Mm. Okay. So, majority very happy with it, but not universal. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on. Um, Doug Lyman's. American Maid, or Barry Seal, only in America, whatever you want to call it, uh, starring Tom Cruise, a uh, woman whose name I haven't looked up. Sarah Wright. Okay, cool, who I didn't recognise from anything. Um, I Ka- did, I oh, can't what it was. Oh, interesting. Um, Caleb Landry-Jones. Yeah. Um, Jesse Plemons as... Probably on the cutting room floor, Sheriff. Yeah. That was weird. Yes. Like, there's just such a fucking minor role, and it's that guy. Um, and... The weird thing is, when it, when it panned across when you first saw him, I thought, is that Jesse Plemons? I like Jesse Plemons. And then it finished like, ah, poor Jesse Plemons. Yeah, yeah quite. Um, and um, fucking Donald Gleason as well. So, uh, apparently based on true life story of Barry Seal, a yep. airline pilot who is recruited by the CIA to um, at, first take surveillance photos of activities in South America, but then he also kind of works for the Median cartel. Yep. Um, and it kind of goes on from there as he weirdly works his way through government, despite also working against the government for his own pockets. And the film very clearly says that only in a country like America could you have a situation like this ever happen, which is probably true, to be fair, Um, even though I think the UK would probably try and do it, but we'd only fuck it up. Uh, Uh, Weirdly, just on that point, as a slight tangent and side note, um, I saw an interview 
about six months ago uh, with the guy who wrote Gamora, uh, the journalist who lived on the outskirts of Naples and did all the massive investigations into the um, mafia in Italy and uh, America, uh, and said uh, in his view and in sort of people who do his kind of work, the investigative journalism and things like that, they asked him about sort of corrupt nations and things like that and he said Britain is probably the most corrupt nation he said because what they do is they make everything that they do corrupt legal nice <laughs> which so that was just a little side note into what you were saying there oh well that's fun isn't it um, yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah um, came out in, in UK cinemas um, la- actually last week but doesn't come out in the US for a couple of weeks yet I don't think um Mark, second Tom Cruise film of the uh, of the summer. Very different um, effort after the Mummy. Um, is it more successful? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's. Um, I love this type of movie. I, 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 I really do. I really enjoyed these type of movies. The uh, sprawling. Uh, you know, over a few years, and you get to see the the, the fucking the rise and the fall uh, from it. So I was I was really really looking forward to it, and the fact that you've got. It feels like sort of movie Tom Cruise should be making, but doesn't make enough of. Sure, yeah, um, that's fair. In in the fact that it's it's a really interesting movie, and he, he's doing something with it. He feels like he's gone. It feels like he gets the mummy and the Mission Impossible movies that he does. He feels like he gets sent those, and it's they want you to make this, and he goes right. Well, how much is it, and what do I get? Uh, how many points do I get on it? And if my executive producer on out blah and like this, this sounds like he's been chatting to Brian Grazer over a fucking I don't know some kind of fucking smoothie or something like that one morning. He said, "Oh, you were looking at making this new Double M movie, American Made." It's about Barry Seal. He's gone, "Oh, hang on a minute, that sounds interesting. Give me the script." And they've gone, "Okay, <laughs> yeah." Um, so it, that, but it's yeah, it's. It's a lot of fun. I like the way they've, they've done it. They've kind of made it almost... A sh- they've, they've, they've treated it with the stupidity that it is theirs. I mean, you know, the, the clandestine nature of um, America during the Cold War is it, it is kind of... It's notorious for it in the fact that you have all of these different enforcement agencies were all um, essentially working against each other. And the CIA was... Well, no, we're working together, but the CIA was working against them all and was just playing them. And it was really to kind of make a lot of money, but in the name of good. Well, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, as uh, Donald Gleason says, like, you know, I think Cruz says, like, is this legal? And he's like, well, yeah, as long as you're fighting for the good guys. As long as you're the good guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I I, I really, really enjoyed uh, Donald Gleason. Whenever he was on screen in it, he yeah. came across very much. Um, he seems very much like he's part of our movie world CIA, almost like very similar to uh, Patrick Wilson in The A Team, where he plays um, Lynch, I think it is, he plays, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, there, it almost feels like the same kind of guy, like he's. He has no idea. He's just essentially making shit up as he goes along, because he knows he's doing it with virtual impunity. Yep. 
and um, and Barry Seal is not that bright, but is bright enough because you have to be fucking bright to be a pilot, really. I'm guessing in somewhere, uh, but he's bright enough to kind of to work the system in his own in his own way because the system it almost is wanting him to work it, and so you have all that. And I like the fact that it's done as this kind of playful romp. Yeah, I mean that. Well, that that's it. I mean, it's insanely derivative. Yeah. Um, you know, the the plot beats basically go absolutely like clockwork. Yeah. And I will say as well, um, my screening had some technical issues, which meant I missed a couple minutes at the end. When, when did it cut out for you? So it cut out when. He left the courtroom. They're like, "He's free. You're free to go." And he's like, "Do I have to go?" <laughs> Which is a great moment. <laughs> and then it cut back in again while it was doing the uh, like, Donald Gleason got a promotion, and this guy, blah blah blah, and this guy, blah blah blah. Holy shit, you missed loads. I really. Whoa! Right. Did you see him getting killed then? No, that's the, no. Like Brad actually DM'd me and told me that, like he was like basically kind of on the run and like he was no, he was doing community service and he was killed while he was doing that. It, essentially, what happened was he left. You know the videotapes that he's making. Yes. Yeah. Essentially, what he was doing was he was uh, while he was doing his community service, which was 120 days he was supposed to do, and he only got to about 40 or something like that, I think. Um, he was bouncing around from one motel to another uh, because he had to go to the Salvation Army and do his community service at the same time every every day, every yeah. night. And what he was doing during the day, he was bouncing around uh, all these different motels, recording essentially his story. So you know when it crop up and it'd say CIA 1981. He'd been right on the. He'd be writing on the uh, the videotapes. CIA in nineteen eighty one. Essentially, he's telling the story that you've just fucking seen there. And every time he goes to get in his car, he thinks there's a there's a car bomb in it. And so he, he kind of he, he asks people. There's some great scenes of him sort of saying to people before he starts to kind of lean out, going, "Could you just move away? I'm about to start my car." <laughs> and people look at him like he's mental. And he starts his car, and then kind of goes. And it, there's like a little montage of him doing that to all these people saying, you know, like, is that truck? Is that truck new? Yeah. You might just want to move the whole truck. I'm going to start my car. Wow. And then, okay. Then literally, um, as, as happened in real life, he pulls up at the Salvation Army place and the three guys that um, the Medea cartel uh, have sent to kill him just basically go up on the car and he's, he gets shot in the head. Right, fair enough. Yeah, he's getting quite a, you know, he got quite a brutal, what is it? But then they, the local police find all of the tapes in the back of his car and a another FBI, uh, another CIA agent turns up and just says, right, we'll take over from here. Okay, fair enough. Fuck. Okay. That's shitty that you missed, like, a good ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, it was fucking dumb, because basically the the screen went off and the audio continued, and after about 30 seconds, no one else was doing anything, so I went out. And I kind of wish I didn't, 
because basically it stopped and then about five minutes later it kicked back in again but it was like they left it running mm. so then afterwards I just went out and said to the guy right can you tell me what just happened in the last five ten minutes then it was like well I don't know I haven't seen it it was like right okay well neither have I and I just spent two hours watching it so what are you going to do for me basically but um, yeah so fucking joke but yeah I, it, it, so it's derivative as fuck yeah. um, but it is it is like you say it is a lot of fun Cruz is having fun in it yeah. and I I liked Lyman's slightly cocaine addled style through the film I mean it's starting very on early in when you've got like the logo like all the studio oh I love that stuff. Yeah, it was great. Um, it, it, it almost feels like, it almost weirdly feels like if um, the Coen brothers kind of co-directed a movie with Tony Scott. That's a good way of putting it, that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and, but then, like, also it looked like different parts of the film were filmed with, di- like, like yeah. different film stocks as well like some of it looked digital some of it looked like it was on fucking 16 at times you know it, it probably wasn't but maybe it was just like doctored to look like that but it yeah i don't know it, it it's this weird like hyper edited thing but then every now and then it slows right down um and caleb Landry. I'm a little worried that Caleb Landry Jones is getting ever so slightly typecast. I like the type that he is cast as on but film. But he, 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 is, he is typecast. Yeah. He's the scuzzy, a lot of the time, younger brother of someone who's irresponsible and will start shit. Yeah, because well, I'm sure he's the younger brother in Contraband as well. And he's the younger brother in Get Out. He is uh, the younger brother in Get Out. You know, and obviously scuzzy as fucking Twin Peaks. Yep. Which, by the way, I mean, like, yeah, he shot himself. Where where was Amanda Seyfried again? Yeah, no, sorry again. You know, like, anyway. Um, yeah, so ever so slightly typecast there. Uh, but I did like his ending. Um, you know, just the whole kind of, yeah. like, Barry can't fucking kill him, but the cartel were like fuck it, we're just going to fucking do it. and You know, we're just going to fucking set him up anyway and then bang. Yeah. Uh, that was a good time. Um, it's just, he looks sweaty. He always looks sweaty, doesn't he? It, it, like, bloody hell, man. Uh, even though, well, actually, he, he also, he, guys, also, isn't he the, um, the screw up younger brother, uh, little brother in God's Pocket as well? I haven't seen God's Pocket, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'm pretty sure he is, actually. Um, But, oh, fuck, what was I going to say? Sorry. Um, Oh, it's gone. No, it's gone. Um, Yeah, no, it's definitely gone. Okay, so, it, 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 it just, it is a caper. It's a really, like, weird caper of just this guy basically being Teflon. Yeah. He is, there's, there's, the great moment as well, but he's he's really charming with it. The fact that when he's when he when he gets caught and he's sat there saying to the, all the guys, he's not doing it in a cocky way. It's just he's worked out. I know too much. There's no way. There's no way they're letting me talk to every single one of these agencies. And so he's saying to them, you know, 
I'll get you all Cadillacs. And they're basically saying, are you Brian? He's going, no, I'm not Brian. He's a nice guy. I'll get you all Cadillacs. <laughs> Be in trouble. Yeah. And you get the feeling like he would. And then it's like, he, kind of, he almost, he knows that that's it. He's fucked. But he's going to take this little victory here. Well, yeah, I mean, just the, the fucking, the bit in the courtroom, it's like the community service. And it, it, it like, just, you can, you know, you can go. Do I have to? You know, like, it just, <laughs> that's, 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 fan, I mean, that is just fantastic. Um, it's such a wonderful cruise moment. Yeah. It, no, because it is. Like, there are fuck all movie stars who could really get away with, with that, who could really pull that off, but he can. Yeah, um, the same as when he's when he crashes and he's oh uh, he crashes the airplane and he gets out and he goes <laughs> and he's got he's covered in cocaine. But the good thing about me is he's never he never uses cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get that trope on yeah. it. He's never interested in cocaine. He's just interested in. He isn't even interested in that much of the kind of high life. It's just you know he doesn't actually spend that much of the money. He kind of does but doesn't. He just treats his wife occasionally and he treats her quite well, and then. The fact that he gives that kid the money and then he gives to his oh, that's for your sister and he just looks at the sister and she goes, Oh that's we are and that's your bike and, and he he just, water, you know what I mean? And he just like cycles <laughs> off with the white dust like trailing him. It's fucking but, oh, I, funny. I love the fact that that's an extended shot and it's just it's Tom Cruise riding a little BMX bike and you know that as Cruise is riding off, he's pissing himself. Yeah. Yeah, riding up on that bike, and everybody else on set is just kind of in the same way. He's just pissing himself because they've just fucking covered Tom Cruise in baking powder and they've got him to ride a tiny BMX. Yeah, yeah, quite. and it's Tom fucking Cruise, and it's we don't get enough of movie stars enjoying fucking being movie stars in movies, and that's what it feels like Tom Cruise is doing it. Like he's gone. This is fun. I don't. I don't have to work out to get it. I don't have to do a huge press tour. I just get to be an actor for like three, four months. Well, no, I mean that's the interesting thing because I mean, like this film's kind of just ever so slightly come out under uh, under the radar. But I mean, it's number one in the UK box office two weeks in a row, and it just, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just an end of summer thing, which has come out. It was an untitled Doug Lyman film for fucking ages, and then. Yeah. I, it, you know, it's not awardsy, it's not blockbuster, it's that mid-level thing that you don't really get an awful lot of anymore, and it's a satisfying couple of hours. It's a, yeah, it, it, it's a great time. The the the, the opening bit when he, when he meets all of the um, the cartel guys, the uh, when he meets Ortega, um, Lied, and uh, Pablo Escobar, and, and then all of the the fucking the army starts descending on it and they go it's okay it's okay and he's like what's what's going on and he doesn't know to take the bag or leave the bag or what mm. and then the next scene he's just missing a tooth yeah yeah like, yeah are you, are you missing a tooth he's like yeah yeah can you get me out of here he's like no I, just, I can't actually I just remembered what I was going to say earlier on oh god yeah what did Caleb Landry Jones get arrested for uh, he was uh, essentially he pulled up in his car, didn't he, and was getting money out of the bag, and he kept getting like more money out of the bag. And eventually, he just thought, "Fuck it," and just took the bag and went in. But Jesse Plemons is sat there eating chicken, <laughs> and he walks in with a bag with just like loads of notes sticking out of it, and then just runs off. But the fact that 
Jesse Bond is, is not a a svelte human. Mm. Just catches him so quickly and just tackles him down. He's brilliant. Oh man, he goes flying as well. That was that was <laughs> a good hit. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just a really good time. It's a, it's a thoroughly definitely not shit, and I'm, I, it'll be a. I'm very much looking forward to rewatching it. Yeah, it's going to be a decent rewatch. Um, and fuck Jesse Plemons, man. I mean, like, good on him. Like, cursed, like, engaged the cursed in dunce. That's yeah. like not too shabby, you know, because yeah. he, like you say. He's not the thinnest guy in the world, and yet, Kirsten Dunst. Yep. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, like, obviously, thinness is not the only thing in the world. But, attractive, attractive quality. No, but, uh, you know, good on him. Yeah, and he's always solid in everything he's in. He's one of those where I think when he hits, what is he, he must be early 30s at the moment. 20, 29, even early 30s. Shit. When he gets to, I would say, late 30s, early 40s, and he's got a bit craggier looking, he's going to do a full John Hawks, I reckon. Oh, that's a good shout. He's going to turn up in summer, and he's going to get nominated for a Best Supporting Actor or something like that, and people are going to go, he's been good for a long time. Well, quite. I mean, it, it frankly, it feels like here, either Lyman was just like, I really want to work with Jesse Plemons, let's get him in. I reckon I reckon there's a two and a half hour cut of this movie that I want to see. Yeah. But they've gone, could we maybe get it to below two hours? And he's gone, and Doug Lyman's gone, okay, yeah, I can get it to below two hours for you. But can we at some point maybe do an extended edition? Yeah, I'd, I'd be all over that. I'd watch the shit out of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I would too, but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. Yeah, totally. Okay, good stuff. Uh, uh, definitely not shit from the both of us then. Yeah, Paul on that was definitely not shit. A hundred percent. How many votes? Only like eight. Okay, well, still though, that's good. All right, fair play. Well, the people have spoken. Yep. Um, it, it it is one of the most definitely not shit movies you will see. I think it, it, there's something for pretty much everybody there. Yeah, yeah, quite. I mean, it's, it's not a stone cold classic, but it's um, it's it. I I think it, the plot beats are too, are just too well like played out for that. But it's a really really fun couple of hours, mm. and that's that's all you need from from a film like that. I think. Um. Mm. Okay. So let's move on and um. What we uh, what we've been watching? Okay, Little Evil. Let's just do it. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, I I missed Ian earlier and said I watched this three days ago and I genuinely I can remember a few bits of it. Plenty Browns. Um, I love the smell of a nunnery. Um, oh, that sticks was, in there. He fucking rinsed the shit out of that line. He he really did. Yeah. Um. Evangeline Lilly is quite a fetching person. Yeah. Uh, not just, not just woman person. She's a fetching person in terms of everything. Sure. Whole personality, whole shebang. Um, the uh, the kid looks more like Angus Young from ACDC than the kid from The Omen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's very good. <laughs> it's but. The thing is, I genuinely really can't remember that much else. It's, it is for me. I I didn't dislike it. 
it, it was just all right. But it quite literally, my review is that Alan Partridge gif of him just shrugging his shoulders. Yeah. That's my review of Little Evil. It's just... Yeah. No, you're yeah. right. You're right. I watched it. It happened. Um, the, his fucking work colleague, Al, the Bridget Everett, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, right? Oh, there's a surprise. She uh, works with Amy Schumacher a lot. Um, yeah, just shouting things and being overtly crass doesn't work for guys, so it, it, it doesn't work for girls either. It just felt a little bit... Really? Is that is that funny? Do people find that funny? Sure. Because I don't find it funny. It's not funny when I can say it's not. It's not funny when anyone does it. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit of a miscasting. But yeah, I just what did you think of it? That <laughs> yeah, was alright. Yeah. You know, it just yeah. It, was, it happened. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it kind of outstayed its welcome, and it was actually quite short anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> it does. It's ninety five minutes long. It, it could have been 80. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I just... I don't know. Evangeline Lilly, it's like, what the? why the fuck did she take that role? Like, I I, I don't know. It, it just is su- I, it's such a fucking nothing role, and Adam Scott is fine. The kid, yeah, you're right, looks like Angus Young. That's a very, very, good, very, very good shout. There's nothing to say about it, man. I mean, fuck, what were the poll results? Um, touching cloth, 50%. Shit, 50%. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd go... I'd go touching cloth. Because I'd go touching cloth. It was just incredibly anodyne. Yeah. I'm the same, yeah. It just, just kind of happened. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, what you got for what we've been watching, bud? I've I've got a couple actually yeah um, so uh, I also watched the um, Netflix original What Happened to Monday Oh uh, yes how is this which which should have been called uh, What Happened to Willem Dafoe or What Happened to Glenn Close's Face okay. um, and yeah it's I mean to give an idea of the story uh, it's set in two thousand seventy three. Uh, and the world is overpopulated. So uh, Glenn Close's character, who's like a, a scientist or something, um, comes up with the idea of issuing a uh, a sibling um, protocol. Um, so you can only have one child, essentially. Uh, and it's called the Child Allocation Bureau. So essentially, if two children are born... If it's a sibling born, the sibling is taken and is put into cryo sleep. So uh, a little bit like in Demolition Man, the prison's sure. in that. Um, but as all this is going on, uh, William Defoe's daughter in it has um, septuplets, I believe is the correct term, uh, and she dies in childbirth. And what he does is he raises these seven children who are all girls, and all look very similar to Numeri Pace, uh, but with varying different hair colours and different personalities. Um, and what he does is he raises them in secret and calls them the days of the week, and they can each leave the house on the, the day that is their name, and they are taking over the identity of um, Karen Stetman. Stetman. Who, it, which is their mother's name, 
Right, okay. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden one day, Monday goes missing, and then Tuesday goes missing, uh, and then Wednesday has to go out and try and find out where Monday and Tuesday are and what's going on and all these things, and all these things happen. Did Sunday just chill? Uh, Sunday, which one? I, I, it's hard to remember which one's which. Sunday, Sunday does chill a lot, actually. But it's kind of like a bit shit, that, because I'm guessing that... I, you get the feeling that, that Karen Setman has a 9-to-5 Monday-to-Friday job. So, yeah, Sunday is just fucking chilling it, and Saturday just gets shit-faced. Nice. Uh, which is literally what it looks like happens. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a bit boring. Fair enough. Isn't, it like, isn't it like two hours as well? Two and a bit. Uh, okay. It's it, 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 it touching two hours before credits, and it's a bit boring. Um, not enough happens. It was um, Tommy Wakola, isn't it? As well. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's a shame. Yeah, it is Tommy Wakola. Yeah, there's a, a also there's a sex scene that goes on for way too long, for way too long. Mm. It's like right, we get it. You wanted to see. Naomi Rapace in nothing and you know who doesn't want to see Naomi Rapace in, in, in nothing but cover it up and get on with the fucking story okay fair enough yeah it was it's it's not what I've rushed to it's alright but you will be wondering is that Blankless's real face or is that makeup <laughs> it's yeah. really disconcerting it looks like she's wearing a bad human face mask okay it really is disconcerting. Um, also, um, rewatch Blood Diamond. Not watched this in a while. Uh, uh, we're not, like I said, not watched it in a while, uh, and it was it crops up. It's three ninety nine on iTunes at the moment, um, and I, I really liked Blood Diamond when I first watched it. So I was I was keen to give it a rewatch. Um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's it's a, it's a pretty much I think it's a very much underappreciated movie. Um, to be honest, I think it's. DiCaprio is fantastic in it. Uh, his his character's arc is, is 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 brilliant. To be honest, in the fact that he he starts it off, he is a smuggler, um, and also very well trained. And then it's it, it's a very much a, a human arc in that he gets so caught up in the fact that he sees this diamond that. Um, Jimmy on um, Usana uh, has found, and he sees that as his way out of all of this this life. Um, and then there's a there's sort of and it, it was, he can do this when he's on form. He can do this where he can have subtle moments in his movies that seem like they mean nothing, but actually are almost like the entire fulcrum of the movie. And there's a moment where him and uh, hit him and. Um, Unsana are kind of um, are just walking and he's saying what will you do when you get out of Africa when you find a stone and you sell it and he says I don't know and he says well will you will you get a wife and he's like no he says, will you have kids he's like no and he goes and says well I don't understand this <laughs> and the captain's going to return just says back to him me neither and it's almost like at that moment he kind of works out I I I don't know what I'm doing this for. I'm just doing it because I'm kind of good at it. Yeah. And then 
he's talking to like, a couple of things later. He's he's talking to him. Um, they're having a drink together, like cause they're on the run essentially. Um, and he's talking about his son, and it's at that moment where I think it kind of like a light bulb almost goes off with him, and he's like. I actually don't have that much to live for, but you do. And he kind of says to him, we'll get your son back. And before that, he's been constantly telling him all the time, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. And then there's, it is, there's like a light bulb moment. And then it's kind of like he he gets almost like his redemption back. He he redeems himself in his own eyes a little bit. I think it's, it really is a, quite a, a fantastic movie. I don't know why it, it just works for me. It's a long movie. It's two hours, 25 minutes. But... It it kind of earns its length. I should rewatch that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. It, it's it, it's one certainly where I think you could. It's one where you've got to, I think be in the mood for it because it's. I think if you lose a flaw with it, it'll lose its the edge that it's got. But if you're in the flaw with it, it, it really is quite something to watch at points. And like I say, I think DiCaprio is 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 very, very good in it. And Jennifer Connelly's um also fantastic in it. Um, and then you are watching it going I think at one point I paused it to go to the bathroom and I I, I paused it until Connelly came back and Becky was just kind of looking at the screen and I was like what? And she went, That woman is staggeringly beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, she kind of is, isn't she? <laughs> nice. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I really, really enjoyed uh, rewatching that, and it's one that I, I, I don't think I, I'm just not one that I go back to often, but I do always kind of really enjoy it when I rewatch it. And I think it, it kind of is kind of like top twenty-five material for me. Wow, bloody yeah! I, I really do, really do hold it in in quite high esteem. Uh, and another movie that I that I watched, a first watch, uh, would you have it? Uh, this week was it's not in my top 25 movies of all time but I did enjoy it Uh, is the movie Welcome to Moose Part Uh. yes which I discussed on the last show that I was going to watch I don't even watched it I bought it on iTunes yeah fucking quite a risky manoeuvre that I know you liked it but fuck it was 3.49 or it was like Five ninety nine to buy, and I just thought, "Fuck it, I'm going all in. I'm going all in." Um, so I'm not fucking well, saying anything, bud. Like, look at a moose part is uh, Gene Hackman and Rhea Romano, and, and they are fighting off for the um, role of mayor of the town of Mooseport in Maine. Gene uh, Hackman plays. A guy called uh, Monroe Eagle Cole, and he is was just previous. His previous job to been trying to become mayor was he was the president of the United States and was, as the film tells you several times, he was the most popular president in history, and apparently an all round good guy. And you get that feeling that he is an all round good guy. But towards the end of his tenure as president, he um, got divorced, the only president ever to get divorced whilst president. And his wife, played by Christina Berinsky, uh, of course, <laughs> um, is essentially rinsing him for everything. 
Okay. Even though he did nothing wrong, it would seem. She's just rinsing him for everything she can get. So what he's trying to do is he's trying to make money off the fact that he was president, which is kind of skew- skewing his, what is it? So he's got all of these engagements arranged. And he goes to Moose Park because he got the summer house, which is in Moose Park, and she got the main house, which was wherever. Um, and he gets asked if he wants to be mayor. Which he says he, he'll, you know, that he'll he'll consider doing. Uh, he'll consider being mayor, um, and then by some weird course of circumstances, it turns out that Riramano has also put his hat, his, um, his kind of his name at that for becoming mayor of of Moose Park. So Gene Hartman's character then goes to him and says, you know, it'd be quite nice if you kind of like pulled out so I could just be mayor. And it not be what is it? To which Romano says yes, but then Gene Hartman's character then cracks onto Romano's girlfriend without knowing it's his girlfriend, and they're having a little bit of sort of trouble. Um, and so Romano decides that he's going to take him on for being the mayor, um, just to kind of prove it to his girlfriend. <laughs> And then you get that kind of battle going on. Fuck, man, this this sounds really involved, Mark. Like it, that that synopsis just took a while. It did, yeah, because there's a lot going on for a film that nothing goes on in, and it, it, yeah, it, it's it's just it's quite sweet and quite fun and quite nice. Um, that's about it, really. <laughs> Gene Hackman's good in it. Um, Romano's amusing in it. Marsha Gay Harden's fun. Myra Turney is uh, as good as Myra Turney always is. Uh, I do um, like that woman. I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think she's great in anything she ever is. She's, she's always sweet. Uh, Christina Brinsky is fantastic when she turns up. Rip Thorne turns up and is the, um, essentially, is he's like the, the manager of it all. Um, the, what's it called? Shit. I forget what it's called. It's on the tip of my fucking brain. Um, the campaign manager for the mayor of this little okay, town. Right. Um, and so he's trying to try to find like stuff to smear uh, Ray Romano's character. They just can't find anything to smear him about. And then they have like a debate. Decides to have a debate where Ray Romano's character just keeps agreeing with all the things that Gene Hackman says. And she keeps going, yeah, what he said is kind of right. I agree with him. It's like, that's not what a debate is and he's like yeah no but he he does talk very well doesn't he well I'm glad you had fun with it I, I did man if it, do you know what I'd say if it crops up on Netflix or, or Amazon Prime which I'm surprised it hasn't at any point it'd be a solid treadmill watch okay alright fair dues go on then what have you been watching this week welcome to Mooseport I can't believe you bought that good for you good for <laughs> thank you, you. Um, all right, so yeah, I watched a few things. Um, Lady Macbeth, um, so this played LFF Drink um, last year, um, dire- directed by William Olderoyd. Um, very good reviews for this. Um, Florence Pugh of The Falling, which I thought was one of the most un- uh, overrated films of whatever year it came out in, I think maybe last year. Um, that film is not good, and I don't care what people say. Um but yeah, basically, it's not actually an adaptation of Macbeth or anything. Um, essentially, a woman is essentially sold into marriage 
Um, and she starts having an affair with a stable hand and basically plots the demise of everyone who seeks to combat her. Um, it's very good. Florence Pugh is, is very good, uh, in it. Um, it's only about an hour and a half long. It's pacey. Um, the relationship between her and the stable boy or stable man, I don't think is quite as well depicted as it should be. Essentially, he's a really horrible guy, but she just really likes fucking. And like, I, I, it, the relationship didn't quite ring true to me. And anyone with parents of young kids might want to avoid it. There's a scene in it of a child being murdered, which lingered. And I thought it was really... And it's completely in, the intent. It was fucking horrible. And I didn't really need to see that. So just go careful if you like kids. So it's a perfect film for you, Mark. Um, yes. Okay. Is, it, is it like 1900 levels of, of, of uncomfortable? 1900. What happened in 1900? Oh, 1900. The the film Donald Sutherland, which he has, uh, he's playing a fascist um, in uh, Italy. He has picked up this kid uh, and he's parading him around this fascist. What is it they've just had? Um, this fascist march they've just had, and he's going. He's high as a fucking kite, and he's in this little church. Uh, church room but it's a tiny little chapel and he's swinging the kid around uh, by his legs off his fucking face and the kid's head is just smacking against all the fucking walls until his head just fucking caves oh, in maybe not it's that. fucking horrible and th- the thing is because that movie's in two parts because that's split at two parts it's like five and a half hours long the ending is he comes out of there ties a cat that's the ending of that first the first part he then explains that um that the that that this cat is anti-fascist ties it to a post and then runs into it with his head splitting it into his head <laughs> and then that's it part one fucking ends you're like well, that was bleak we literally like two hours ago we had fucking what's his name Gerard Depardieu and uh Robert De Niro getting hand jibbers and then we're getting Donald Sutherland's Smashing cats with his face. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not no, probably, probably not watch. that bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, oh, is it? Oh, cool. Yeah, another one of those ones that like literally came out on DVD and Blu-ray like two weeks back and just popped up on Amazon Prime. So, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth a watch. Florence Pugh is very, very, very good in it. Um yeah, so there's that. And um, actually, kind of tying in... Uh, actually, no, I'm not going to... No, okay, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, just, yeah, don't worry. Ignore ignore me. Uh, there was something spoilery, potentially, there, which I'm not going to say. Um, yeah, so what else did I watch? Uh, the Spirit. I rewatched The Spirit. The Spirit. Because uh, it's on Netflix, and I remember really not liking the spirit when it was in the cinema. I remember just being really bored by it. <laughs> I actually got I got on board with it, kind of. Oh, all right, good. 
Kind of. Kind of. I don't think Frank Miller knows what the fuck he's making in this. No, like, Samuel L. Jackson and Scarlett Johansson appear to know exactly what they're in. Um, and, like, Scarlett Johansson's basically playing a straight man and Samuel L. Jackson's just, like, the comedy guy. There's a se- fight sequence earlier on, early on where Samuel L. Jackson smashes Gabriel Max playing the spirit over the head with a toilet cistern Starts laughing, looks at the spirit and says, oh, come on, toilets are always funny. Which <laughs> um, I, like, I, I, I was a good time. There's a scene where Samuel L. Jackson is dressed as a Nazi for some reason. And at the end of the scene, a massive bust of a Nazi eagle falls on him. And, and just why? Um, oh, two takes. You're open. Yeah. What's she chatting to? Sorry, her toys. Okay, fine. Um, sorry. Um, and yeah, it, it's a film which I think Frank Miller thinks is this kind of like throwback, serious ode to private dicks and you know loving every single woman he meets and um, you know just like the, the, like all this bloody portentous dialogue which yeah like like dick tracy meets fucking sensei yeah yeah exactly but i mean but then again i say all this there's one point where it's basically giving his backstory and he's relating it all to a cat and every now and then it just cuts back to him and he's just talking to a cat and it's like right maybe miller does know what what he's actually doing here or maybe he's just completely tone deaf i can't decide which and the film never gives you any uh, enough evidence either way, um, so it, it's it's a, it's an absolute mess. It, it's a real hash. Um, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's got Samuel L. Jackson smashing a toilet over someone's head and saying, "Oh, come on, toilets are always funny." I, I like. <laughs> I can't hate it. Um, anyway, it's on Netflix. I mildly recommend it if you're so inclined. Um, if you can't hate it for that reason, then you're gonna love. Um, sport. No, no, uh, you're going to love. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you'll look at Moose Park. Not like I love look at Moose Park. You're gonna love the Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah, I need to catch up on the Hitman's Bodyguard. I think it's it's still around, so um, I might I might actually get to it. Um, you know, it's a busy weekend this weekend, isn't it? So yeah, who knows? But uh, okay. Uh, moving on, um, I went off to see, not the Hitman's Bodyguard, but I went to see the Limehouse Golem. Oh, did you? Yeah. Cool. So, um, mainly because Kermode was like super, super positive about it, and it was his yeah. film of the week, and it was it was between that and uh, Detroit, and just the way the timings worked out, Lime, Limehouse Golem was better for me. I think I probably... If, if the timing was better, I think it probably would have been Detroit. But it, again, like with ads and trailers, you're going to be in the cinema for nearly three hours. Exactly. I, I really want to see Detroit, but it's just... It, from week two, it was only on um, from like eight o'clock. Yeah, because that, that's the thing. The timings just... Because like they can only put on a show every three hours or so, the timings are just... Like this this week, 
at Cineworld, two o'clock, ten past five, and twenty past eight. So it's mm. like it's too. Ten past five is too early for me to finish work and go and see it. And twenty past eight is basically I'm going to be in the cinema until gone eleven. No. Yeah. You know, so it, you know, it's just it, it's not working. But yeah, so the Lionhouse Golem. Uh, directed by Juan Carlos Medina, um, which I meant to look up what he's actually done before. Um, but yeah, um, so this was originally Alan Rickman was going to star in this, but then he got ill, and you know, we all know what happened to Alan Rickman. Um, and uh, instead, so instead, you've got uh, uh, Bill Nighy. Um, and basically, he is tasked with um, investigating this seemingly unsolvable um oh fuck me he directed painless right i knew i knew his name painless which i saw no shit at lff a few (laughs) years back um was not a very good film um i yeah i wasn't big on painless at all um this is definitely better so basically yeah bill nye his character is not of the marrying kind, that's uh, is what they term it as in the film, and so he's never moved up the ranks in in policedom. So basically, he gets past this case because it seems to be unsolvable, and Scotland Yard basically want a patsy. Yeah. Um, he very quickly, however, uh, deduces that the Limehouse Golem, this killer romping the Limehouse district of London, is down to four guys, one of them being Karl Marx, which is weird. Um, yes, that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, even though it is mild spoiler for the film, but the, the the film makes things so obvious that I don't think it's that much of a spoiler. Like it, the the, the way the film works is it, it. A lot of it was Bill Nighy like looking at the events in his head and imagining one of the four suspects as the killer. And oh, right, yeah. there's there's a bit where like he's imagining Karl Marx as the killer and he's reading out this diary that the, the killer has basically been writing. And he gets part of the way through it, just stops mid-sentence. He, and he's like, oh, this is ridiculous. You're, you're, you're obviously not the killer. And then Karl Marx says, I know I'm not. Walks off and that's the end of the scene and you never see Karl Marx again. <laughs> and it's, like, it's brilliant. It's like... I, 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 it's just... It's a weird... I, I, I think it was played for laughs. Um, but it, it's just great. Like literally, kind of like stops mid scene, and it's it just like right, this is stupid, and it just moves on. So fair play. Um, so yeah, so it's one of these four guys. Spoiler: not Karl Marx. Uh, but you know, why would would it really be Karl Marx? Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, one of the one of the suspects, um, his wife, played by Olivia Cook of Me and uh, Me Earl and the Dying Girl and Ready Player One coming up. Um, she has been arrested for poisoning and killing him. So, Bill Nighy is both trying to investigate the Limehouse Golan murder, but also, kind of like, as, as, a, as a tangent from this, also essentially try and prove her innocence, or at least that she did it because he was a horrible bastard. So... The destination is fairly obvious throughout. I guessed it about 20 minutes in. Yeah. However, the film does do a good job of trying to take you off the scent. 
and it never cheats you. There's never anything in it where where you could legitimately the, the the thing in my head I could legitimately think well I'll actually hang on a second it doesn't do that if you figured it out you figured it out and you know fair enough but like I say the journey and the motivations of characters and I can't really say too much because it is spoilery are really interesting and by mm. the end of the film it's this tragic melancholy personal story but writ within the canvas of the london music halls where everything is larger than life and exaggerated so you've got this like really like personal character stuff um but also this grandiose occasionally really quite gruey stuff being played out and it, it's quite an interesting mix the film is certainly not perfect but i think it's worth and it, it's it's a, it's a good couple of hours long but i think it's worth that couple of hours and it's one it, it, it was something i didn't even i didn't even see what the time was while i was watching it oh that's usually good sign yeah it, it, it had my attention throughout and you know it's not one where the twist is the entire thing because if this twist was the entire thing, I you know I would not be speaking about it nearly as positively as I am. Uh, so yeah, Limehouse Golem. Uh, it's Lionsgate uh, distributing it. Apparently, it comes out on VOD in the US quite soon. Uh, it's worth seeing in a cinema. It's got it's got production value. Um, but Lionsgate are very pally with Netflix, so I'd imagine it will probably be on Netflix. I'd say like by like spring next year if you yeah. want to wait for it then fair enough but do do watch it yeah i will cool and uh final thing for me uh on vod now eat locals which is the directorial debut of jason fleming oh yes um so uh he does not star in it but jason statham directs a fight sequence in it which is really that's, random that's really weird um so basically you've got Charlie Cox, Evie Miles, Freema Agyeman, uh, Annette Crosby of One Foot in the Grave, uh, Tony Curran and others um, are vampires who are having a, almost like an AGM uh, in a farm. Uh, it's really weird, like kind of talking about their territories and how things are going, essentially. Um, and one of them has brought along a candidate to essentially join their ranks. Um the army are also around uh, because they are aware of some cold bloods being in the area and they're looking to stop them. Um, and it, it kind of goes from there. Uh, obviously, very, very low budget, you know, very, uh, you know, production value, not the best. Um, seems to have a bit on its mind about the the changing ethics of business, which in 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 moments but it's mainly concerned with being a kind of a quite a you know a quite an entertaining laid back british horror comedy um it's no great shakes but it played fright fest and it would probably be a perfectly acceptable thing to see at fright fest um i i i quite enjoyed it i mean it's it, you know it's only an hour and a half and it it, it never particularly gets boring um 
Dexter Fletcher gets uh, a scene in it with some very, very good swearing. Um, <laughs> it's it's a film of simple pleasures, really, but those simple pleasures are are pretty solid. So you know, it's not amazing. Wouldn't be surprised if people said it was rubbish. I'd kind of be surprised if people said it was brilliant. But good on Jason Fleming, and I, you know, I hope he does some more. Cool. You know, very, very, very mild recommend, but it is a recommend. Um, so that is that. Uh, we have an email. Oh, cool. Um, just gonna get it back up. So it's from uh, Marcus um, saying, you're directing a story of your life. Which actor plays you and your wife slash other half based on similar looking? For him, Sean Penn and Kristen Scott Thomas. Ooh, that's a, that's a power couple. Yeah, that would do. Fucking hell. Um, fuck, I don't know. I don't like that fucking hell. Um... For Bex, I would say somewhere between Kate Anselton, which we actually said a couple of weeks ago that she bore a slight resemblance yeah, to Bex. It's not a bad shout, yeah. Or Gemma Arterton bears a slight resemblance to Bex okay, in terms yeah. of the quite similar in shape, is what I'll say. Okay. Um, me, fucking hell, I have no idea. You see, the thing is, I, I I shaved I shaved my head this weekend, so all I've got in my head is fucking Vince Vaughn in that riot in Cell Block ninety nine, <laughs> which is probably yeah. a bit harsh. Um, I don't know. I, mean, harsh, but... I got I got called Green Street in work yesterday, and someone said I I look like the kid from This Is England, so that was fun. Um, <laughs> you really don't. No, no, I don't think I do either. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, my my wife, like I'd say, for me. Like, I don't know, like a more attractive Amy Schumer. Like, not, and I don't, because I don't, I don't think Amy Schumer is particularly attractive, but I think no, my wife not. is. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I can see exactly where you're going with that. Yep. Um, yeah. for me, fuck man, I don't know. Yeah, Vince Vaughn in Riot and Cell Block ninety nine. I see. I, I'd have you as a younger Tom Tom Hanks. Oh, that's being fucking kind. I'm not. I'm, I'm genuine. I, I I think that'd work. Yeah. Um. There. Uh, Tom Hanks in kind of like that when he's around with the same age as you are now. Actually, yeah. I think that's a pretty. I think that's my shout for you. Um. Me. God. Oh, I don't know. I'd probably be fucking really nice to myself and give myself something like Casey Affleck or something like that. Yeah. Fine. Because he's grow a beard. Ask me someone who can grow a beard. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that. Very good. Yeah. Who directs it? Who directs yours? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry, I don't know. I I, I probably want somebody, um, like, I don't know, Somebody like Scorsese or the Palmer to direct it, but in reality, it'd probably Rob Reiner. <laughs> Rob Reiner. That's funny. Yeah. That's a good question, though, that. That is a good question. I've only watched every film for like, the next two weeks going, could he play me? 
Okay, maybe, maybe we'll get back to back, we'll get back to you then, Marcus. Maybe. Uh, yeah, but that's a good question. That. Uh, and I, I think that's actually it. Um, yeah, that's Twitter questions this week. Uh, long show, anyway. So, um, right, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Next week, we're going to be covering it and uh, Wind River, I believe. But if I can see Wind River, it's not listed anywhere at the moment playing near me, but. Who knows? Listings might not have just updated because they do tend to only update Tuesdays anyway. So I'll know more by like Wednesday, Thursday. But I really fucking want to see that movie. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, well we'll do I, Wind River. I am also looking at going. It's it's only playing in Sheffield, which is only an hour and ten minutes drive away from me. I am off work for some time next week. So yeah, I've got a feeling Wind River is one of those ones where it's like if you've got an eight screen cinema, it's not playing. But if you've got a twelve screen cinema, it is. That's it. I, I could see you ending up getting it. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely talk it next week and hopefully win River. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Dude and the Monkey. Thank you very much, uh, Brad, for um, uh, yes, joining the patr- right, patrons this week. And I think I said thanks to uh, v- uh, Werner Scopal, uh, but if, if not, thank you very much, Werner. Also, he fucking he's donating $10 a month, the fucking superstar, for some reason. Bless him. Wow. Yeah, didn't fucking thank ask. Didn't ask for that, but thank you very much, Werner. And um, genuinely, it was random what the, the the commentary track for this month, but it's Werner's. So um, yeah, I hope he I hope he gets his ten dollars worth out of the, the material. Um, absolutely. Um, also, um, the the Black Samurai DVD. I I get um, first Patreon subscriber who messages me through whatever medium and says they want my dvd after i'm done with it i'll post it to them yep same here. okay cool so that's two the first two that get to me get our dvds yeah sweet okay uh that'll do it for this week thank you very much for listening folks um stay safe have a good week and we'll speak to you on the main feed next week patrons you'll have some more stuff um up, up on the, your feed this week thank you very much Bye.